Hello to those listening from near and far. My name is Dee Cohen and I will be the host for the fourth edition of the Angle on the Eagles podcast. In today's episode, we will be interviewing redshirt senior wrestler Elijah Murphy about a number of topics, including his experience wrestling in high school and how it helped him prepare for wrestling at the Division I level, his work with the Grassroots Project, as well as his role in helping form the AU Black Athlete Coalition and a number of other topics as well. Elijah, great to have you on the podcast today. How have you been so far to start the semester? Thanks for having me. Um, semester's been well. Just trying to stay focused and control what I can control. There's a lot of unknowns and things that kind of change with COVID and things like that. So Yeah, I mean, as everyone listening would already know, I mean, this COVID-19 pandemic has really just sucked for everyone. But during this challenging time in society, like it seems as if you've used this time to tackle so many different projects, whether it be your work with the Grassroots Project to helping form the AU Black Athlete Coalition. I'm just curious in hearing about how much of your time that you manage and how you stay motivated to keep pushing forward with so much on your plate when circumstances could be so challenging at times. You know, with the pandemic, I definitely saw it as an opportunity to kind of grow. The way that I thought about it is when, you know, it's almost been a year since we've been in this. Um, and kind of when we started, I was like, okay, if we're all going to be, you know, sitting in a house or, you know, not being able to go and do certain things, I think that that's a critical time to grow. And I wanted to come out of the pandemic better than I went into it. But as it relates to all the different things that I've been trying to do, it's challenging. I'm not going to lie. It, it was definitely challenging. Last semester um, was extremely challenging in that I was trying to do a lot of different things as it relates to, you know, wrestling, as it relates to AU back, as it relates to grassroots with Athletes United for Social Justice. And then I'm also applying to PhD programs right now. I'm in the applications process for that. Um, and then obviously my own classes I was in, I'm taking four graduate school classes um, in order to graduate in May. So it was extremely challenging, kind of just being able to, I had to learn to give myself time. And what I mean by that is time to rest, have some me time. And that's something that in the past, I wasn't necessarily good at because I'm kind of go, 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 work, work. And last semester was really a learning experience that I had to learn. Like if I have nothing in the tank, I can't do anything. So that's something I definitely had to learn. And I was just wondering to kind of jump off that question. You talk about how you had to take some time for yourself and that really helped you kind of just get a whole view of everything. But do you have a specific personal attribute that you could maybe like kind of attribute how you've managed to split up all this work so well? Because I would say the average person, that would be a lot to juggle. A personal attribute, I would say is probably my drive. I'm a very motivated person and something that I'm very motivated about is to better myself for one and to, you know, be the best that I can be. And a part of doing so is being disciplined and being able to commit myself to what I'm doing. So yes, I'm doing, you know, maybe five or six different things, but these are things that I'm all extremely passionate about. And I try to give all of myself to each and one of those things. And I think that's just a characteristic of myself and how I was raised and the mindset that wrestling has brought into me too, just continuously getting better and, you know, giving my, giving 110% effort in everything I do so that I can get the best possible outcome. Yeah. I mean, wrestling is just one of those sports that it takes so much mental discipline. I mean, I don't really know what it's like on the D1 level, but I actually wrestled in high school and it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. I mean, just the camaraderie and the discipline and focus that you have to put into it to be great. It's, it's not like any other sport I've done in my entire life. And not a lot of people could really say that because they 
don't really dive into wrestling and really look at it for what it is. And it's just a great source of discipline in life and everything on with that. To transition a bit, um, as I was doing research to prepare for our interview today, I was looking at your high school wrestling career at Northwestern High School. And I was just wondering, I mean, you had a great career from being a state qualifier to having a tremendous high school record. I was wondering, how was wrestling at high school and how do you think it prepared you for the transition to wrestling at American. That's interesting that you say that because, you know, for me, I'm my worst critic and I wouldn't say that I had like a super successful high school career, but I will say that, you know, with my high school career, I had to learn. I learned a lot of core values. I don't know if you like saw this when you looked into it, but I did not begin my career very well. Um, I began wrestling at 160 pounds. I was still a chubby guy as a freshman in high school, um, wasn't very athletic not very talented, any of those things. And I didn't really know, you know, what was going on and stuff like that. And I think I won maybe one match that year, that entire year, and it was at the conference tournament. But in high school, what really stuck with me after my sophomore year was, you know, I wanted to be good at wrestling. I liked it. I finally found a sport that I was passionate about because of how difficult it was and the discipline that I had to put in. So I decided, you know, I'm going to have to go and putting in the extra work was something I really learned and instilled in high school. And that's kind of how my career shifted from my sophomore year to my junior year. And that's when I actually started, you know, winning and doing well and having that good record was I started driving all over the state of Maryland for practice partners. You know, Prince George's County wrestling isn't necessarily the strongest as it relates to wrestling. I mean, Maryland in general isn't like if you compare it to like a Pennsylvania or something like that, not very, you know, the strongest, but for me, I figured I needed to, you know, go to different wrestling clubs and get different practice partners than what were in my high school room and have different coaches. And I just wanted to learn and go into so many different things. So there were days like I was probably working out two, three times a day, five, six days a week in high school, kind of just that work ethic instilled in me. And as I got more into wrestling in high school and like wanting to get better and that work ethic showed up, it also translated to other areas of my life. You know, my grades skyrocketed. I've always had decent grades, but when I started really committing to wrestling and being disciplined, like I started getting 4.0s every semester and things like that. So values like being disciplined, working hard at everything I do, not just sports. And that's kind of the biggest thing for me is it's not just sports for me in terms of my work ethic and trying to improve it's I want to improve as a person I want to improve academically I want to improve athletically and now you know as my career is about to come to an end just being fit in general and that helped me translate to college because D1 wrestling is very challenging and it takes a lot of discipline it takes a lot of hard work and then you have so many people who are so talented right so good at wrestling and have been wrestling all their lives for the most part most of people and for me coming from you know where I come from in wrestling uh, and not start starting to wrestle till freshman year and even getting real wrestling experience outside of my high school room until my junior year. The transition was tough. You can look at my AU record. There's a lot of been a lot of lumps. But one thing I will say and that I'm extremely proud of myself for is my commitment to constantly improving and being one of the hardest working guys in the room, regardless of what's happening. Um, that's something I'm extremely proud of. And, you know, I can say that, you know, in my years at American, I've also been able to kind of be a leader on the team, not necessarily, never really earned the title of captain, but I've been close probably like four or five times, been like second. And I think that just speaks to what I try to do. And those aren't things, those aren't roles that I try to put myself in. There's a difference too. Like it's kind of just, I guess the way that I carry myself and what I try to do kind of speaks for itself. I know that the Grassroots Project works with kids in the local DC community and that 
your role grew pretty exponentially from your start there to now being one of the leaders among student athletes. I was wondering if you could talk about what inspired you to get involved with the organization and some of the specific things you all do for students in the DMV area. For sure. So the Grassroot Project, what they do is they recruit student athletes from the four DC universities, GW, Georgetown, Howard, and American. And what they do is they train us to be uh, student athlete coaches and facilitators of their programs. And they, what they do is they go to different middle schools in DC and they teach sexual health, nutrition, and mental health, uh, sexual health for sixth grade, nutrition slash physical health for seventh grade and mental health for eighth grade. And one of the biggest reasons why I joined the Grassroot Project was one, I kind of wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I'm not, I'm kind of an introvert and I don't like, I'm not very comfortable around people I'm not familiar with. So it was a way for me to get out of my comfort zone and you know, if you've ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen like the Grassy Project and what we do, but you have to be like very city, silly, very kiddish in order to facilitate these games. And those are things that, you know, I wasn't really comfortable with at first. I remember when I first went into the Grassy Project, like I just kind of stayed to the side and things like that. And like, as you said, it kind of has just blossomed to where I've taken more active roles. And that's partly because of the people who run the Grassy Project. They kind of, you know, saw these things in me just from, you know, how I just went about it, my commitment to it. And I guess that those spoke, you know, volumes because I ended up, you know, being a huge part of the mental health pilot program. And that was something I was super interested in because I study psychology, as well as becoming a head coach of mental health programs and then interning with the Grassroot Project and then helping form Athletes United for Social Justice within the Grassroot Project. So... Yeah, I mean, your increased role with the organization clearly shows. I mean, you won an ESPY last year in 2020, the Billie Jean King Youth Leadership Award for all of the work that you've done. How special of a moment was it for you to kind of see all this hard work and especially being pushed out of your comfort zone and kind of just seeing it all come to fruition like this and getting that award? I mean, it was super cool. I I didn't expect the award. I knew that they had nominated me for it a couple months previously because I got an email, but I, I didn't know that they were going to nominate me for that. And I didn't expect it. And like, to this day, like people ask me like, you know, why did you get nominated for that award? I'll just say, you have to ask them. I'm not sure. <laughs> because, you know, for me, one, I don't really seek acknowledgement or even like being acknowledged. And that's something that they could tell you as well. So like, I always say, oh, well, what about this person? What about this person? You know, they definitely deserve it as well. But I mean, it was, it was cool to see that what I'm doing matters as it relates to the Grassroot Project. And I've just been able to learn so much with the Grassroot Project and just, you know, grow so much as a person while also hoping to make an impact in the lives of students and teaching this curriculum and it's something that I really enjoy. So to see that, you know, obviously with COVID, wasn't able to actually go and be on the show, but, you know, to see, you know, my stuff be on TV and things like that, like that was super interesting. And I I honestly didn't know that the award was that big until it actually came on TV. So just to kind of talk about this past year again, just in general, I mean, it feels like we as Americans have really have been exposed to so much and had to deal with things moving so fast at times that sometimes we can't even process everything. What exactly was this ding moment in your head? that inspired you to get the ball rolling with creating the AU Black Athlete Coalition? So obviously with the George Floyd murder and the murder of Breonna Taylor and on those type of things, those kind of were the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, It's not like these things are brand new, but due to, I would say one, the pandemic and two, just the rise of social media and, you know, these things actually being recorded and flowing on social media, it kind of just 
it hit me, hit me really hard. It hurt my family hard, just kind of, not just to see, you know, the guy's knee on George Floyd's neck, but to see the reactions to it. You know, some people, you know, were empathetic and were like, you know, that was wrong. And then there were others who uh, saying ignorant stuff and that really bothered me. So I began to speak out a lot more because I was just, I wanted to, you know, one, I, it started off with me just wanting to speak my mind. And so I remember I like went on a Snapchat rant <laughs> and just kind of was like um, speaking my mind there. But it went from that to I did two Instagram live streams where me and another uh, Division One wrestler, well, he's graduated um, from University of Maryland, Jahi Jones. And we kind of just talked about the perspective of a black student athlete and, you know, coming from, he's from Prince George's County as well, coming from where we come from and, you know, going to predominantly white institutions and kind of just talking more about things like the notion of black on black crime, for example, things like that. And as this continued to steamroll and began to, my advocacy began to increase, I became a part of the Patriot League Anti-Racism Commission. And then with grassroots, I talked to them and I was asking them, you know, how can we get involved? as you know we already try to promote health equity with our programs so how can we get involved so that's when we form athletes united for social justice so where it comes to the black athlete coalition at first i didn't really think i was the one to you know begin it or try to you know reach out to people because i didn't necessarily have a relationship with a lot of the you know black athletes at american however i just thought it was very necessary especially with the times we're in but I wanted to find a way to make sustainable change. And that was something that was the biggest thing for me during those times is, yes, the conversation was increasing and that's good. But for me, I was like, what are we doing? And what are we going to be doing? Because I know I'm, I'm a pessimist. I knew that this is the hot topic right now. And as you see, like people aren't talking about it nearly as much now. And that was what I expected. So I was like, okay, how can we make change and make sustainable change that is long lasting so things can actually happen? So that's kind of how, you know, I reached out to Spencer Bonahum and, you know, asked him his thoughts. And we reached out to seven other Black student athletes and kind of began this coalition and we're going from there, but we're making progress, but I'm definitely not an expert. I'm just trying, I'm trying my best with these things. Yeah, I was actually reading an article written by one of my fellow peers at the Eagle about your meeting with Spencer Bonahum and how you reached out to these seven uh, African-American athletes at AU. I was just wondering if you could explain and walk me through the positions in which these students now have within the organization and also what a typical meeting looks like. Like, what do you guys talk about? What are these issues that you guys do want to help bring awareness to at AU and change it for the better going forward? We do have an e-board now established, um, at, whereas I am the president of the uh, Black Athlete Coalition. Marvin Bragg is our vice president. Morgan Brinson is our event coordinator. And we have a social media team consisting of Tony Williams, Damian Searchwell, and India Sanders. And then we have our communications offers with Rachel Bennett and Sylvie Pripetit. Oh, I'm missing uh, Haley Mahone as our uh, alumni relations person. Um, and that's kind of, I don't think I've missed anybody. Our, our e-board. And as it relates to meetings, we're kind of doing a lot of planning of, you know, what kind of things we want to do, but also just checking in. And that's something that I thought was really important with the Black Athlete Coalition as well as to connect Black student athletes at American when we are such a minority at a predominantly white institution. You know, grow that community, have that safe space to kind of discuss and talk about things like the George Floyd murder, like the Capitol riots, like 
the election, things like that, and just have a safe place to kind of talk about it from the perspective of an African-American as a Black student athlete, but also try to make plans to foster the prosperity of our Black student athletes. We're trying to make plans to have alumni come talk to us and talk to us about, you know, resume building, job applications, things like that as well as trying to plan out potential panel discussions that we can talk to the rest of the department and kind of address certain things and talk about our perspective. Um, and lastly, we want to eventually reach out to, you know, Black Student Union and different African-American organizations that are already doing this work at American, but we're trying to get ourselves rolling first before we, you know, try to step into a relationship with another coalition, because that, like I said, they're already doing this work and they have been doing this work. So I think it's important for us to get our stuff together prior to making those connections. I think it's safe to say the formation of this coalition last September is going to be looked back at as an important time for American University going forward into the future. What was the initial reception from other Black student athletes at American University when you first reached out to them with the idea for a Black athlete coalition? A lot of excitement. I think a lot of people were like, yes, this is something that's definitely needed. You know, this is something I definitely want to be a part of. But there's also people who you know that there's a busy schedule being a student athlete in itself you already have a super busy schedule so you know some there are some that you know this isn't necessarily something that they have time for or they really feel that passion about at the moment um which is fine for us it was kind of just having this space being able to especially for incoming freshmen who you know during this COVID period you know we're not even gonna really have the opportunity to meet with so Kind of giving the option, but no, there's been definitely a lot of excitement and we're continuously growing and doing more, you know, as you know, we have our social media page up now doing more posts there and having new members join, but definitely, you know, a lot of excitement surrounding. Yeah. I mean, excitement seems like an understatement. I mean, this is something that going forward, I mean, it feels like it could only grow and become something more and more prominent at our campus going forward. How special is it for you to actually be the inaugural president? of the coalition and kind of getting all of these pieces together to ultimately build something that could be here for a long time after you're gone and everybody else is gone from AU now. It's special. It's definitely special. But realistically, my priority lies in making sure that it is sustainable. I don't want to, you know, for any of this to fade. And I want this, like you were saying, to continue to grow. And that's kind of where my focus is and, you know, for us to actually do action. So, you know, it is special to be the first president, but I'm already looking to, okay, I'm about to graduate. Where do we move from here as, you know, I graduate and others graduate, kind of make sure that this organization is something that's sustainable and continues to progress and move forward, especially hopefully as as the COVID pandemic hopefully ends and we actually get to do things in person and seeing how that blossoms. To transition a bit here, just to talk about pressure, I think pressure is something that we all have to deal with in life. But I think when we're in positions of leadership, the pressure definitely feels more intensified. Does being the first president of the AU Black Athlete Coalition come with any pressure to make changes at AU in, the ter- in terms of the way in which Black student athletes' voices are heard? Or is it more important in a sense to just make sure that Black student athletes at the university feel welcome and comfortable within the community at AU. I think it's, it's, I think it's the latter. It's definitely more important that black student athletes feel comfortable and have a safe space and have a community is what, like I was saying, is my primary want and goal. And hopefully, you know, recruits coming in, we can increase the diversity of um, American University 
Whereas, you know, who's coming in and things like that. And, you know, for a, a black recruit to see, okay, they have this black athlete coalition. So that's a place where, you know, I can, you know, talk to people who look like me, get the perspective of American University um, as a black athlete trying to come into a division one athletics program. But being the president, I mean, I guess there is a little, there was a little pressure to just because for me, like I was saying, I'm introverted and to, you know, host meetings and do all these talks and things like that. Those were things that I had to step out of my comfort zone and do as well as, like I was saying last semester, I had so much on my plate and I still do, but it's a lot more manageable now. So there was pressure that just trying to keep things rolling, but I'm just very thankful for our e-board and the work that they put in um, and that support. And I'm, the, what I'm learning from the process and what I'm learning is, you know, it takes a community. It's not, it's definitely not one person. Like I wouldn't, like, I don't even, I don't consider myself the face of AU back. I think it's the community of AU back. I think, you know, we wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for our e-board, everybody who joined, everybody who comes to meetings, comes with their ideas and their perspectives and shares things. So having their support and then having uh, administrative support with Spencer and Natalie Rogers and Marsha, Coach Marsha, and those type of people has been extremely helpful. So I'm just extremely thankful to have support in trying to make change. What's the main impact you hope for the formation of this organization will have on the members of the coalition and Black athletes at AU moving forward into the future? Definitely the community aspect, having that community, that safe space. And being able to meet other Black student-athletes at American and hopefully across the Patriot League. As I was saying, I am on the Patriot League Anti-Racism Commission. And one thing that I would like to see is, you know, be able to expand and, you know, have group outings with other Black student-athlete coalitions across the Patriot League and just be able to have more of a sense of community. But also, I want to be able to connect with the D.C. community as well. Um, we've done a few community service projects. Um, we did one with, in combination with GW Black Student Athlete Alliance and Georgetown BSAC. Um, and then we are also about to start on one with Jumpstart DC. So definitely be able to, you know, have that community engagement, have a community in the Black Student Athletes, but also hold our department accountable for always being anti-racist um, in everything they do, whether it be, you know, their policies and the actions that they take and, you know, have that collective voice to speak out if something's a problem. To transition, you are in your final semester at American. You're in the process of getting your master's degree now. How do you think your time at AU will be looked back at considering all the work that you've done with the grassroots organization, helping form this coalition, wrestling, when it's all said and done after your five years here? I'm not sure. I don't know how it'll be looked back because I can acknowledge that, like I was saying, I'm my worst critic. So I think that the way that others perceive me may be different than how I perceive myself. So it's kind of hard to kind of guess how it will be looked at, but I hope that it will be looked at as I did something, I made a change, I made an impact. And I'm thankful that I'm in a position where it's so much bigger than wrestling because I'm so much more than an athlete. I'm so much more than a D1 wrestler. I hope it's looked back at and seeing, you know, there's a guy who tried to advocate for social justice. There's a guy who tried to thrive academically um, did everything he could and tried to help others and be kind to others, those kind of things. Finally, what is next for Elijah Murphy after you finish your master's this year? More school. As I was saying, I've been applying to PhD programs in clinical psychology. Um, so the plan is to hopefully get into a program 
and start in August or September, whenever that those schools start. Um, so this fall, 2021, pursue my doctorate in clinical psychology and hopefully get out of the area. I've been, I was born and raised in the DMV area and I'm kind of, you know, I'm ready to branch out and explore and grow in that way as well. So anywhere specifically you want to go to next? Out of the places that I had interviews at, potential destinations for me are North Carolina, South Carolina, and Texas. All right. Well, Elijah, thank you so much for coming on today and talking with me about some of these things going on within the country right now, the coalition, grassroots project, and good luck with your applications. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I hope I wasn't too long-winded or anything like that. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Angle on the Eagles podcast. Be sure to check out at theeagleonline.com for more content like this in the near future.